I find it pretty difficult to say because whenever we organize events, it usually attracts people who are already concerned about the climate. And, you know, the climate change deniers often don't go to these kinds of events. So we don't really meet them personally that often. Um, but unfortunately, I think a lot of people still do not realize how serious and urgent the problem is. And it also has got to do with politicians. They don't always take the problem seriously and they're not giving the right example. So people get a lot of mixed messages. Um, and also on Facebook, we do get a lot of uh, comments, unfortunately, quite regularly from people um, who are climate change deniers and claiming that climate change is a hoax and things like that. So it definitely is a minority, luckily, but still a very loud minor minority who is claiming um, climate change is a hoax. So, yeah, we're trying to go into the discussion with them, but it's very hard because, yeah, it's difficult arguing with them. They're very, very convinced of their own um, opinions. So, yeah, we do, we do get that a lot. One of the more pathetic aspects of Turnbull's government was the craven concessions he gave to the Conservative wing of the Parliamentary Liberal Party. Of course, we know now that it wasn't enough to save his Prime Ministership, but one consequence was the total abandonment of any real effort to meet the Paris Agreement greenhouse gas emission targets. Given Scott Morrison has already uh, placed an emphasis on the need to lower electricity prices and has said nothing at all so far about the uh, Paris Agreement obligations... Do you see climate policy worsening under the new Prime Minister? Yeah, actually, I, I do. Um, the fact that he once brought in a lump of coal into Parliament, not very promising. He's, um, I mean, he's pretty clear about coal being a, a good fossil fuel to use because it, uh, it adds to the sustainable and affordable uh, energy policy in Australia. So that's not really promising. And I also watched an interview with him a few days ago when he was visiting farmers in drought. And he said that, yes, climate is indeed changing, but it is not a debate I have participated a lot in. I'm not terribly interested in participating in this debate at this point. And he's really focusing on addressing what's happening here and now. But in my opinion, to do that, you also have to look at the root cause of the problem. And that's something that he's avoiding right now. And, yeah, he's fixing his focus on uh, keeping energy prices low. So that is definitely not really a good uh, good direction for climate policy right now. 350.org was established some 10 years ago by environmentalist Bill McKibben. Its name refers to 350 parts per million of carbon dioxide, which is considered the relatively safe concentration of CO2 in the atmosphere. The latest measurement of CO2 is 410 parts per million. One could therefore argue we're already past the point of no return, and indeed many scientists have made that determination, and that it's essentially doom and gloom from here on out. So in your opinion, are there reasons to be optimistic about the future of humanity given this looming climate catastrophe? Well, first, let me start by saying the, the CO2 in the atmosphere is indeed at a historically high level right now, and that is definitely something to worry about, um, also because the effects of CO2 in the atmosphere can be felt hundreds and sometimes even thousands of years from now. So it is a big problem, but I do believe there are reasons to be optimistic. We just need the right mindset and attitude, and then we can still act and, and change things. But if we can turn it around completely, probably not. But the goal of staying below two degrees is still a feasible one. Um, I believe with the research that I've been reading that staying below one and a half degrees is not possible anymore, but still the two degrees is 
is an option for us, but only if we act more responsibly straight away and on a lot of levels. Like everybody should be on board. Um, and I mean, technology can improve. So this is, that's also a reason for us to be optimistic. I mean, there are new ways being thought of every day about getting CO2 out of the atmosphere, but still it's a very um, complex thing to do and it's also pretty expensive. So it's just the way, the better, best way to go is to not emit at all. And yeah, another reason to be optimistic though is that when the world really wants something, it, it can happen quite quickly. If you look at the Montreal Protocol on the ozone issue, at one point the whole world got behind it and it can be done i mean if we look at the those numbers now it's really decreasing so there are definitely is there's a reason to be a bit gloom and doom about it but still there are also reasons to be optimistic in my opinion but we just have to act quickly and yeah everyone has to be on board because the, the fossil fuel lobby right now is also slowing things down and that's also making things hard. Like the knowledge is there, but there's also a lot of misinformation and power and money just keeps slowing things down and that just has to stop and we have to accept the science. Finally, Franca, tell us about the Day of Action coming up this weekend. I understand it's to be a coordinated global day of action with people in cities and towns across the world taking part. How important is the international aspect of the action, given climate change is so very clearly a problem facing humanity that doesn't respect national borders? And also tell us what's being planned for the, the local day of action. All right. Well, I think the international aspect is definitely important. Um, it's really empowering for the activists to see that so many other people around the world are also taking part in, in similar actions, um, all regarding climate change. So that gives out a very strong message to, to the activists, but also to the leaders worldwide. Because like you said, climate change is indeed a global problem. It needs international cooperation and Paris has been a great step into the right direction, but we need an extra push for better results to reach those targets. And that is what Rise for Climate Action is trying to achieve, to show the government that the people are now really rising for climate because the time for action is now. And in Perth, um, we will organize a rally at Russell Square, Northbridge. That's this Saturday at 11 a.m. And James Lush will be our MC and We'll have inspiring speakers talk about different perspectives on climate change. There will be live music by the Sambanistas, and we'll have other environmental organizations show up with their own stalls. Um, we'll have some face painting going on for kids, um, a banner rise moment, and some concrete actions for the crowd to do as well. So on this day, we hope to create awareness and empowerment for the people, but also show our local leaders that the people in Perth are really rising for climate action right now.